Yeah, cool. So for, for our guests or those that are not aware, on our family services we like to show a Bible Project video because it just brings the scriptures to life and we are really uh, wanting to steward good, uh, you know, biblical literacy in the way we disciple our kids because the Bible is awesome and it's full of good stuff. So you may be wondering on that note why on earth I've got this here. <laughs> I thought it might be fun. And interesting as a church family to have a bit of a chat. Well, it'll be a little one-sided, but you can talk to me later. <laughs> um, uh, this week, of course, is um, what are we, what's happening this week? Anyone? Halloween. Halloween. All right, Halloween. Um, we have been resisting it as Aussies for a long time now, and it looks like we've lost the fight. <laughs> You know, Aussies are down for any kind of party, really, uh, but we just didn't want to adopt American parties, right? Come on, we're Aussies. We've resisted it for a long time and it looks like we've lost. It's here and it looks like it's here to stay. So, uh, you know, the average Aussie is, is down with the idea of dressing up in a costume and sugar's involved, so that's good, and it's a little bit community-focused. So, you know, and most Australians don't think much more about what Halloween is uh, other than that. And so I guess there is a question amongst, uh, you know, the church community as to, um, well, is it okay? Is Halloween all right? I mean, you know, the, the kids are doing it. It's up and down the street. It's, you know, it's in every shop. You just can't ignore it. So what am I supposed to think about Halloween as a believer, as a Christian, you know, what, what should I think? And so I thought today might be a really good opportunity for us to start a conversation about what we think about Halloween. Is that cool? So no one throw anything at me, you know, I'm not going to teach you heresies. It's, it's all good. Jesus is still in charge, even though there is a jack-o'-lantern in here. <laughs> okay. Well, Halloween's history is really interesting. So I'm going to give you a bit of a history lesson, and I hope it won't be boring. Uh, but Halloween, as we see it today, is a kind of a very distilled, commercialised version uh, of what it was originally. Uh, and, you know, it's been marketed to death and now the, the symbols of it are, you know, very entrenched and, uh, and it's the amount of sugar and lollies that are purchased uh, at, at um, Halloween is, is phenomenal. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, making, it's making people a lot of money. Let's just say that. It's definitely making people a lot of money. Certain people a lot of money. Um, and so, uh, you know, so we've got this funny kind of weird tradition which doesn't even work in Australia because it's supposed to be like an end of, end of autumn, end of harvest kind of, you know, on our way into winter celebration and, and yeah, we're actually headed into summer. So it's kind of weird, but anyway, that's all right. Uh, and so we've we've uh, we've adopted it because it's now you know we're such a it's we're such a global world you know um, and all of those boundaries between countries and cultures are you know breaking down I suppose and there's some good sides to that and maybe not some good sides to that but Halloween is here so uh, Halloween really came to America through the Irish. Uh, during the Great Potato Famine, they left Ireland and went to America um, and they brought with them their Halloween tradition. And then, you know, over the decades, America has made it what it is uh, today. 
but Halloween actually stems way back about 2,000 years ago to, uh, to um, uh, a pagan uh, uh, festival called Samhain. It's not spelt that way, but that's how it's Samhain is, is what they call it. Um, and it was pretty much a celebration that more or less honoured the dead and it involved sacrifices of crops and animals and and, uh, and they had some really weird beliefs around it. Like they believed that on this particular date, October 31st, the veil between the natural world and the spiritual world was very thin. And uh, uh, so they were, they were all a little concerned, uh, you know, that while they remembered the dead, they were a little bit concerned that on this night, crazy Uncle Bob might decide to, uh, you know, come visit and maybe move into the house and stay. So they're very, very superstitious, very nervous about the idea of spiritual, that, that sort of spiritual um, thinking. And, and, and so what they would do is they would disguise themselves so that crazy Uncle Bob wouldn't recognise them. <laughs> and they would stick food on the outside of the house hoping that Uncle, crazy Uncle Bob will eat that food and not want to go inside because once he's inside they might not be able to get rid of him. So these were some of the weird superstitions that were around and this is why they would put the food out and that's kind of why we have the food out at the door at Halloween uh, time and why we wear costumes because apparently we don't want crazy Uncle Bob to recognise us. <laughs> um, so, hey, any excuse for a costume, right, Shannon? Come on. <laughs> we love our costumes. Um, so, there were no written records about this, but the Romans had um, taken over uh, the Celts 2,000 years ago. So, about 43 AD, there's some written records there that talk about, uh, you know, those early uh, Samhain, uh, Halloween uh, days. And, and, of course, then under Roman rule, there were a few Roman uh, festivals that kind of got tied in um, around uh, apples, you know, and that's why we, they do apple bobbing apparently at Halloween, um, and a bit of a harvest festival. And so, you know, the, these things morph over time. So uh, the one, one little problem with that little superstition of theirs about the, uh, you know, the idea that Crazy Uncle Bob might turn up is that, um, just, just for the record, kids, there is no such thing as ghosts, okay? Let me tell you what the Bible says. In Hebrews, it says that every human being is appointed to die once and then to face God, to face God's judgment. When we die, we will be instantly face to face with Christ, the one who experienced death once for all to bear the sins of many. So the Bible tells us we get one life to live and then we die. And after we die, we're face to face with Jesus. We're immediately with Jesus. Like, that's, there's no hanging around being a ghost, okay? So there are certainly spiritual beings that try to pretend that they're ghosts, but that's, uh, that, that's another story altogether. So Halloween uh, sort of progressed through, through the uh, centuries, and in 600 AD, Pope Boniface IV created All Saints Day. You see, Christianity was spreading so widely now that a lot of the Christians were saying, well, you know, we've got these pagan festivals that are really entrenched in our culture and we don't seem to be able to get rid of them, but we don't, you know, we don't believe that stuff anymore. Like, that's, that's not what we believe. We believe in Jesus and we believe in the Word of God. And, and so, so the Pope said, you know what, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to mess with these pagan festivals. And so he moves this holiday to November the 1st uh, and calls it All Saints Day, 
where we're remembering all those that were martyred for the for the gospel and and later that sort of turned into we're just remembering all of all of our Christian brothers and sisters who have passed on and gone to be with Jesus before us uh, because uh, you know they wanted to give they wanted to give some good meaning to this this festival this time of festival uh, they didn't want to celebrate the, the the pagan aspect of it so um, there's there was kind of a, a marriage of you know uh, so there was Samhain, but then there was um, All Saints Day, and, and so that was a hallowed day. So it was sort of like they, they came up with an all hallowed evening in, instead of Samhain. So the, the eve before was, you know, the eve of this holy day. And so eventually the name just morphed into Halloween. Um, a couple of hundred years later, the Roman Church made November the second All Souls Day to honour the dead. So they really wanted to throw it. In, like, like we're just gonna, we're just gonna really go for it, um, and uh, and so they they wanted to honour those that had gone before who've stood for faith, and and so yeah, really, really trying to. And and so you hear people say, "Oh, Christians have just stolen all the pagan festivals." Well, of course we did. God redeemed us. Why won't we redeem those days? Why won't we redeem those festivals? He redeemed us, right? So we, the redemption is in us. We're going to redeem whatever we need to for the, for, for the sake of celebrating what's really worth celebrating. Um, so, you know, Rick and I, we kind of, we, we really took this to heart when we were raising our kids that what we noticed is the world uh, was spending billions of dollars uh, trying to sell our kids certain messages around Easter and around Christmas, and you know, and and it was like, well, we can we can be purists and we can fight it, and we can just be like, you know, we can we no, we're not having Christmas trees that used to be pagan. No, we're definitely not doing Santa. That's just that's just pagan. That's just commercialized rubbish. That's Coca Cola and the red suit. You know, that it's it's you know, like we 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 thought thought all about that and thought, well. You know, do we just dismiss the whole thing and keep our kids away from that and, and make sure they don't get touched by the things of the world? And we thought, well, why don't we just redeem it? They're going to spend billions of dollars on this stuff. Why don't we redeem it and make it tell our kids the message that Jesus is so important that the whole world throws a massive party every year for his birthday? You know, like, so we, what we decided was to redeem uh, what, uh, what the world would, would try to use to maybe take us away from the message of Christ and actually make those things uh, really underline the message of Christ. And certainly that's what we did with Easter. That's why we started our Passover tradition, which is very, uh, still very rich uh, for our family. And I know many of you are doing the same these days. So, so Halloween, a day of thinking about death. Uh, is, that, is that weird? Well, apparently it's not as weird as you think because pretty much every other culture on the, in the world has some kind of day that they use to remember the dead. Uh, so uh, let me just give you a few examples of that. Uh, in the Americas, in Latin America, the Mexican Day of the Dead, El Dia de, la, de los Muertos. Muertos. How, how amazing does it sound in Spanish? The Day of the Dead. And that goes back to the ancient festival of the dead, celebrated by the Aztecs and even more ancient than that, the Olmecs. Um, and this is probably where the Guatemalans got their Day of the Dead. The Brazilians, they celebrate finad, finad, finados, finados, the Day of the Dead. Bolivia has the Day of the Skulls. 
Dia de los Natitas. In Asia, there's similar festivals. For example, the Chinese celebrated the Ghost Festival, which was to pay homage to dead ancestors. The Japanese celebrated something similar called Obon or Bon. Um, even the uh, Vietnamese have a variant of the Ghost Festival called Tet Trung Nguyen. Great accents I've got. Um, in Korea, uh, there's the Chuseok. Uh, in which deceased ancestors are ritualised in Nepal. There is a cow pilgrimage, a cow pilgrimage, um, called a Jia Jatra to honour the recently deceased. Imagine in the Hawkesbury if we just had a cow pilgrimage to Halloween. We're just going to let all the cows loose on Halloween and we're just going to, anyway, <laughs> see where they go. Follow the powers. Um, uh, so the, the list goes on. In, in many cultures, there is this day of, of the dead, of remembering the dead, the Jewish uh, custom of Passover obviously was recalling the day that God passed over them, but he wiped out all the firstborns of Egypt. Um, but they also had the Day of Atonement, which was, uh, we learned about it on Friday night, uh, the Bible Project video talking about Leviticus, um, all about the Day of Atonement, which was really about uh, cleansing the people from touching death. Because death made us impure and so we had to go through this ritual cleansing to make us pure because, because we, they had touched death. Um, and so uh, throughout history, throughout history, there has been this ongoing story of the day of the dead. Now, I'm just going to put my, my glasses on here to illustrate a point. Great, right? Um, we all have a world view. And uh, we all have a way of seeing the world and seeing history, uh, seeing, seeing how, how cultures have evolved and grown. And my world view is through the lens of the Bible. So this is to remind you that we have a biblical world view, that the Word of God actually tells us things about all of life and all of history, the whole human story, uh, it is not just this little slice. I hear some people say, oh, Christianity is only 2,000 years old, you know. There's much older religions than Christianity. It's like, wow, you really don't know anything about Christianity. Because Christianity is as old as human beings because it's the story of God and the story of humans. <laughs> and Jesus, how he has redeemed the original story for us. And so, yes, this is, um, this is to remind you that we have a biblical worldview. So I'm putting these glasses on to, to now take you on a little trip uh, to Scripture because as anthropologists look at these things that define culture, different cultures around the world, uh, when there is something that turns up in every culture, they trace that back to a point in which all of human beings were together in those early days. And we know about that because the Bible teaches us that um, after, after the great flood, Noah and his family, they had children and children's children and lots of grandchildren. By the way, Google tells me it's Grandparents' Day today. What do we get? I don't know. This is new to me. 
I'm just going to warn you, I will probably be shamelessly sharing grandchildren photos on Facebook today, so you might want to stay off it because it's Grandparents' Day and I think I'm allowed. I think I'm entitled to do that. <laughs> but they had lots of grandchildren and they, they began to cover the earth again. But um, God's instruction was for them to go, multiply, spread across the earth. But um, they decided they wanted to stay in one place and so they, they actually decided to build the Tower of Babel. Anyone heard of the Tower of Babel? Right? And it, it, really was, it really was an act of rebellion to God because, you know, they were disobeying what God had asked them to do, which was to go and conquer the earth, spread out, you know, have, have lots of children, um, subdue the earth. And so they were like, well, actually, we don't want to do that. We actually want to build a tower that will enable us to... Uh, demand God's presence, you know, demand things of God rather than he demand things of us. So it was a very rebellious time. And so what happened at that time was that God then uh, hit these people with multiple languages so they couldn't understand each other. And and they dispersed across the earth. They had to. They could no longer speak to each other. There was just chaos and confusion. And so God was like, well, if you're not going to do it the easy way, we'll do it the hard way. Bang. And then they dispersed. And thus, we have the nations of the earth that we, we look at today. Um, and it happened at the Tower of Babel. So anthropologists say if the day of the dead or remembering the dead was so important, then it probably was because of some big event that happened before the Tower of Babel. What great big event would so scar the psychology of of the people that they would continue on with this day of remembrance? What great event would it be? And there is a suggestion that that great event, of course, has to do with the flood itself. That when Noah and his family came out of the ark, God actually asked them to make a sacrifice and, you know, to, uh, to um, you know, reaffirm their, that they, were, they belonged to God and, and uh, that their family would uh, serve him. And, and so um, Noah and his family would have, would have realized that everyone they knew before the flood was now gone. So there was this day of remembering this absolute horrific event that happened on the earth. That, that wiped out almost all of humanity, except for eight people. So there, are, there is a suggestion uh, amongst uh, certainly Christian anthropologists that perhaps this idea of remembering the dead all stems from that great moment. Great as in, you know, terrible great. Um, it, that happened in our human history. Isn't that interesting? I'll take my pineapples off now so you can take me seriously. Isn't that fascinating that, that uh, perhaps these, this Halloween thing that we do actually has its roots in something in, in our Bibles? I just think that's really interesting. You can take that and you can leave that. You can do whatever you want with it. So what do we do with Halloween? What, what do we do with it? Um, can I just can I say something that Halloween is seems to be uh, now a, like a celebration of death, and I want you to know that it was never God's intention that we encounter death. Sin did that to us. Sin did that, and God went about fixing that problem 
of, of um, how death affects us. And Jesus came and conquered death and rose again so that we do not have to fear death anymore. We don't have to fear it. He has conquered death for us. And so the idea of surrounding ourselves with symbols of death, you know, it's, it's, um, we're not celebrating something that God never intended for us. We need to celebrate life, not death. So whatever you decide to do with Halloween, can I encourage you, let's not glorify death because God hated death. It was never his intention. He has come to give us life, John 10.10 says. Life and life to the absolute abundance that you can't, even, you can't even imagine how good it could be in Jesus. That is what we should be celebrating. But Psalm 24 verse 1 says this, The earth is the, Lord, the, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So my conviction is I'm not going to let the devil have Halloween. So I don't know what you want to do with it. It seems to be here to stay. But maybe we can take a tip out of uh, the Apostle Paul's book. When he wrote this, he says, Though I am free and I belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So if we're going to take a page out of the Apostle Paul's book and you've got kids knocking on your door asking for candy, maybe you can give them some lollies. 25% less sugar. And maybe you can give them a little gospel tract, which I picked up from Kurong. And maybe we can just be deliverers of really good news at Halloween. Or maybe you just go out for dinner that night and not be home. <laughs> Do whatever you like with it. But I hope, I hope that today's just short little uh, history lesson... Um, Maybe just breathe some life on it. You decide what you want to do. Uh, parents, at the end of the service, so not, not at the end of my sermon, but at the end of the service, uh, please bring your children up to help themselves to a gospel track. I have gospel tracks in here, two different kinds. And uh, if you don't like sugar, I've also filled it with mandarins because they look like pumpkins. There is a fruit option. Love me a bit more today, please. <laughs> So that's going to be there for after the service. But can I, can I just say today, we do not have to fear death. Jesus did away with it. We don't have to fear it. And it's not God's intention that anyone should perish, but that we should all have everlasting life. So why don't we just bow our heads for a minute so I can pray for you. Father God, I just thank you that you are Lord over everything in this world. And Lord, I just pray that... Today, our, our own hearts and perhaps our own fears over death would be, uh, you know, just arrested by your, your spirit, by your presence. And that we would understand that we do not have to fear that. 
that God, that you have gone ahead of us and that uh, life outside of our body is to be present with you. It's to be face to face with Jesus. And I, I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for the good news that we live with every day. I want to thank you for the life that you have given us in abundance, God. I want to thank you that we have real answers for people, real answers. We are bearers of the truth. We are bearers of a gospel of light. And Lord God, I thank you for that this morning. And I pray for any that do not know you or are afraid of death or they feel that they're in the darkness and they have no assurance of that. I pray this morning that they would encounter you, Lord Jesus, and you would show them the life that you have come to bring them. And so, Father God, just continue to, to uh, guide us as families as we raise our children and disciple them. Lord, I pray that in everything they will see you, that we can show them that Jesus is in everything and that we would redeem every day, not just October 31st, but every day we would redeem it for you, for you, because you redeemed us. And so we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, Bess, over to you, babe.